Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Wednesday night. Dynamite. So Dippin' Dots, Dippin' Dots, like my AEW shirt, no kneeling today, barefoot, what's up everyone, Don Tony here and welcome to this edition of Wednesday Night Donomite, I am very happy to be here, what an awesome night again for the world of pro wrestling, uh, AEW in my opinion knocked it out of the park, NXT, not a bad show either, but still, you know, they it's it's the marathon, not a sprint. You know, you it, it feels like you're trying to provoke the bear, you're trying to, you know, just spark something up. And yes, we had Charlotte versus Bianca Belair tonight. Kind of an abrupt ending because they really have to go off the air by 10.05 for Miz and Miz and Mrs. So uh I tell you. Got to, got to hand it to AEW again. It, you could feel things uh, coming together. You could feel them eliminating some problems. Now, if they would just fix the referee problem, I mean, it's, I'm telling you, it's I, I don't know what's up with these referees. And I see, like, big hardcore AEW fans getting pissed off. We'll talk about the referee a little bit later. But, you know, I and, you know, I got to mention this. I think it's only fair that I do. Last week, and I could have played the clip to be a jerk, but you all trust me, and you could go back and you could watch it and see it for yourself. Go to my Twitter, at DonTonyD, and you could see the clip. And by the way, if you you ask me what is my Instagram account, because I just set up on Instagram literally three or four days ago, never was on Instagram before. I did have a personal account that I set up like five years ago, but after like two weeks of being on there, I really had no need to use it. And it was just for like family, friends, people I grew up with. But now I have an Instagram. It is Instagram.com slash Don Tony DTD. D is in David, T is in Tom, D is in David. So go over there, and I'm going to give everybody a little sneak preview. That infamous photo of yours truly with Daphne from 2002, where I had the, if you remember the the, the porn chicks from the 70s, that big bush that they would have, multiply that by 50, and that's what my chest hair. I look back on it, and I'm like, no wonder why people around XPW, the women, didn't want nothing to do with Don Tony. He had this hairy bush, and I would have the jacket open and the shirt all the way button. Oh, my God, I look back at And the best part... 
I didn't even say this. When you see this photo, I haven't put it up yet. I'll put it up tomorrow. I have, I don't know why. I have no idea. I don't remember ever having this hairstyle. If you remember Jerry the King Lawler's hairstyle from the 70s with the part on the side, I had that haircut in 2002. I'm looking at this. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I have a hairy bush on my chest and I got the Jerry the King Lawler haircut. So trust me, I'm going to put it on Instagram a day before I put it online for everybody else. And hey, I could poke fun at myself. I could laugh at myself. Some people out there, they get triggered. You give them the slightest little insult. We could have fun. But let's talk about the ratings. Last week, AEW scored 893,000 viewers. NXT scored 794,000. So what was my predictions? Well, AEW last week did 893. Yours truly predicted on this show, 899. Last week, NXT, NXT scored 794,000. I got a little bit of cotton mouth. I got water, don't worry. They scored 794. I predicted 775. Missed them both by this much. I will tell you. Right off the bat, since I usually wait till the end about this, I think AEW's rating goes even higher today. That Omega uh, match was with Pac. I mean, you know, we we've said it before, and I originally was going to do this this week, but because of Revolution coming up, and I am going to do predictions on this show today, and a few other big news I need to talk about. I'm going to hold off probably till next week or the week after. But one of the discussions that I was going to do is look at the AEW roster and look, since they have been on TV, whose stock has gone up and whose stock has gone down. And I and I even brought this up a few weeks ago that it seemed like a lot of AEW fans felt that Kenny Omega's stock had really gone down since he's been in AEW. I think tonight he shut all of us up, arguably... I think it'll be a contender for match of the year throughout 2020. There will be other matches and other feds that will tear it up, no doubt. Uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic at NXT TakeOver Portland is still my favorite. This is this close to surpassing that match. If I want to be politically correct for a minute, I'll say, okay, my favorite NXT match this year so far is Lee versus Dijakovic. My favorite AEW match so far is Omega versus Pac. It was just awesome. And if any of you out there have never seen Kenny Omega wrestle in Japan, tonight you got a taste of what you heard about but had never seen before. So I thought it was awesome, man. What a great night. So what do I think the ratings will be this week? AEW's got to go up. Leading into the pay-per-view, I think they go from 893 to, you know, I don't know why I'm thinking of Porsche right now. I'm going to say 944. That might even be a little bit too high, but I'm going to go 944. Why not? NXT, 794. Charlotte, Decent match with Bianca Belair, an abrupt finish. I don't think it did enough. I think NXT uh, possibly, possibly goes down just a tick. Hour two might be decent. Problem is you put uh, Charlotte and Belair up to the the weigh-in, and it was really cool to see Gary Michael Capetta. 
I mean, flashbacks of WCW. Oh, man. Especially when I did the history show and just reliving all of those clips from WCW and here. And look, even old WWF, Gary Michael Capetta. I mean, a lot of people forget about that. I thought that was great today. A um, few people asked me tonight, did he have a little card? You know, hey, he's getting up there in age. There's no nothing wrong with him having a little card just to make sure he doesn't get any names wrong. You only get one take because it's live. But um, I, I tell you, even with Charlotte being on there, a uh, couple of matches did not keep my interest. And, you know, I, I, I've been so, I'm not, I, yeah, I do mean it to brag. I don't think there's any podcaster out there since week one of AEW and NXT on TV that has been this accurate with ratings. I mean, I've creeped some people out with my predictions. The best one, even though this is not Aurora SmackDown show, the best one was the first SmackDown on Fox. I originally came up with a rating, and like three days before, I went on the DTKC show, and I changed my rating by a million and a half viewers. And I remember my co-host saying to me, like, why are you changing it? I said, you know, after thinking about it, and I put all these things in, I miss, I got the rating wrong by two thousand viewers in fact i think it was less than two i think it might have been 200 viewers so i think that's what the rating is going to be tomorrow i think aew gets 944 nxt i say um 787 we'll see what happens but anyway um you know i got to give a special shout out to andrew 914 who is a loyal listener he's a loyal supporter of what i do I have shouted him out many times before. He is always sitting front row for NXT events. He's got some funny-ass pictures online uh, wearing the Don Tony stuff. Well, I didn't even realize this happened last week. And honestly, I want to mention it because it's my show, and I think I, I deserve to have a little bit of fun. So for anybody that watches NXT on a regular basis, you probably have seen that green Don Tony sign front row over and over and over again. Is uh, another one with the Don Tony sign. Well, last week, we had the main event of Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. And, you know, they go to commercial break and they do the split screen. And usually when there's a commercial break, you don't have anything major happening because, you know, AEW was doing that for a little while. People would be cutting promos during a commercial break and you would get this. You know, and it pissed people off. They pretty much have stopped that, you know, for the most part. But so they did the split screen with the commercial break last week with uh, Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream. And I did not know that Don Tony, with the assist, so to speak, if you didn't see this last week, now the, the video is crappy because this is the split screen with the commercial. This happened during a commercial break. Velveteen Dream starts beating up Roderick Strong. Velveteen Dream grabs the Don Tony sign, shoves it in Roderick Strong's mouth, picks up the sign, shows it to the crowd, and then slams it on the floor. Don Tony with the assist. I love it. And you know why I love it? Because Andrew is a cool supporter of mine and a lot of other of you out there bring Don Tony signs, spread the word. And it's still, I mean, people who claim to be my friends are the most bitter, jealous people out there. I, I don't take it personal. Honestly, to those people who claim to be my friend 
and talk stuff behind my back. And when I post good news, they disappear from the net and they'll tell everybody, oh no, I had to go to a wedding this weekend. Oh, I had to work all weekend. But then when you go on their social media, especially on Twitter and you click the section where it says likes, you will see some people living on social media, hitting likes, uh, almost oh, women, 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 like, 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 I'm all right. And they don't post nothing. But, oh, no, I wasn't around. It's heroin. For me, it's heroin. I've never done heroin in my life. But when I get that jealousy, that bitter hatred, because just simply because we're having fun. That's the thing that bothers me more than anything. All of you out there are having fun. It is not a big day. Crest thinks that was Photoshop. No, that wasn't Photoshop. That really happened last week on a commercial break. Trust me, I have the original match and this and that, but I thought that was pretty cool. And I wanted to thank Andrew. I mean, rest in peace for the sign. He's going to have to come up with another one. But remember, I said this like 15 years ago. If you ever want to bring a Don Tony sign to any wrestling event, my honest advice, and and I've hooked people up. If anybody out there needs like green neon oak tag, I'll send it to you for free. You always have to use green neon oak tag, black magic marker. You don't have to make crazy designs. You don't have to do red, white, and green for my Italian colors. You know, just regular green neon sign, black lettering. You could be in 38th row and it'll stand out. So anyway, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going down. I mean, you, you know, the, the, it, outside of wrestling, and it, and it is affecting wrestling as well, you know, everything that's going on with the coronavirus. Now, for those who are on, that are on Patreon that listen to Breakfast Soup, the last episode, I was talking about how my niece, my brother's kid, she went to Italy two weeks ago to uh, study abroad for three months. And um, now she's coming home to New York tomorrow. Because the schools that, that she goes to in Italy right now, they closed. And the worst part about it is here in New York, when Superstorm Sandy hit, leveled my parents' home and leveled the neighborhood over here, the price gouging was kept at a minimum. Because, you know, even if you're a Trump supporter right now and you think Bloomberg is a goof, Bloomberg did do some good for New York. And Bloomberg made sure that we didn't have price gouging. In Italy, though, it's basically, you know, all, it, it, whatever goes, goes. Unless there's media around to cover it. And my niece, Monday, was trying to find surgical masks, latex gloves, you know, to wear and stay there. And every drugstore was sold out. I went on Amazon.it, and this actually leads to wrestling. I went on Amazon.it, which is the Italian version of Amazon, trying to find it, sold out everywhere. And she tells my mom that there were guys on street corners selling like a box of surgical gloves that normally cost $4.99. They were selling them for 100 bucks. If that happened over in this neck of the woods, trust me, their, their lungs would be very protected from the coronavirus, not because they're wearing it on their nose, because they'd be wearing it inside their lungs. People in my neighborhood would shove it so far up their ass that the, the mask would be covering their lungs for real. I mean, a hundred bucks for, for that, that's just disgusting. And thank God they convinced my, my niece fly back to New York. Now, recently I talked about stardom canceling events for two weeks. Well, we found out today 
that New Japan has decided to cancel all live events from March 1st through March 15th at minimum because of the coronavirus. Um, and look, you know, do I think it's going to become a major problem in the United States? No. I think we will have cases. We will have cases in almost every state. I mean, there are other viruses. I mean, you know, look, when the AIDS virus, you know, went ran rampant in the early 80s, I don't remember people calling for Reagan's head. It's a virus. Unfortunately, some people spread it when they don't even know they have it. There's no way to, to, to just, they got to get a cure. They got to get a vaccine quick, as quickly as possible. But, you know, so I don't think it's going to be a major problem in the U.S., but in Europe and in China and Japan, they are, um, I got to say this the most respectful way, they're not as sharp as the U.K. or the United States of America. You know, they, they, some of those areas are so lazy and so discombobulated that it's just, it, it's Obvious it was going to spread. It surprises me a little bit about Italy. But then again, I know about some areas in, in Italy. I have relatives in Italy. I haven't been in Italy since 85. I always wanted to go back. But, you know, they, every time we talk to them and stuff like that, it's, you know, oh, there's a little, you know, a little mold on the ceiling. That's eh, all right. You know, just, eh, it's not bothering me. Oh, it's bitterly. Eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So New Japan has canceled their events. Um, don't be surprised if this goes further than March 15th. I just hope to God that they come out with some type of vaccination sooner than later. There's something that's being tested right now that w has to do with E. coli, but I honestly haven't um, looked that, that so far into it. A lot of things going on right now, and you know, there's so many wrestling shows on live on a Wednesday night. They're giving you their AEW recaps or they're giving you their NXT recaps. Over here, we cover AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, All Japan, NWA, MLW, Impact Wrestling, NXT, and whatever else I feel like covering. We do it all. And tonight, you want to get into pay-per-view predictions phase? Should we do that now? Should I spin the wheel? Did you, you see the wheel? I got the logo. I, I haven't figured out what, how we're going to break the cherry of the wheel. I'm just trying to figure out, do we do a prize first or do we do something random or I do, do I do a ch food challenge with it? So we're going to do the wheel and that, that literally spins and we're going to do it like the Bischoff, the roulette thing. We're going to have some fun with that wheel in the very near future. We're going to be giving some stuff away. Um, but, you know, we could go back and forth and cover a little bit. You know, one thing I do want to mention, I thought this was really cool and, you know, sure, not many of us live in and around Denver, Colorado. But if you are in that neck of the woods and you are thinking about going to the next AEW Dynamite event, this video actually was put online. I wanted to share, I think this is very generous on behalf of AEW and props to Cody for this as well. This is the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. I am very excited to announce that AEW has partnered with Planned Pethood in Colorado. If you donate $50 or more to Planned Pethood, you will get two tickets to Dynamite March 4th in Denver, as well as the new Pharaoh shirt. 20% of those proceeds on each shirt go 
to Planned Pethood. And for the first two weeks of March, AEW will be waiving all adoption fees. Let's help out. Let's help out our four-legged friends at Planned Pethood. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought I would share with everybody out there. And you know, something else I want to share. You know, one of one of my friends online who really is talented, especially with interviews. His name is Julian Cannon. I'm sure you have seen him before. Uh, he he writes for a website, alt, alternativeminds.com, and that's spelled with a Z at the end. Uh, he went to the toy fair this weekend. Um, he did a lot of interviews with AEW stars, such as Santana and Ortiz. Uh, who else did he do? He did MJF. Hangman Page, there you go, Hangman Page, Darby Allen. he's got a whole bunch, and the, the, the MJF interview is funny. So if you want to check out some really cool interviews, and look, no disrespect intended for Chris Van Vlay, but Julian is more down to earth, he's relaxed, I love when he says when he does interviews with people, he doesn't gush, you know, he doesn't tweet about them 85 times because he landed an interview. He offers them like a bottled water. He, you know, just wants them to be relaxed. I think that's pretty freaking cool. So he landed some very cool interviews. I think you all appreciate it. So go check it out. By the way, so far, no uh, audio issues, no video issues. You know, Monday night we had some technical difficulties. Yeah, I had a software update, but I also realized after the show was over that the um, the uh, the bit rate for the audio coming in for my co-host's audio was a mismatch with mine. When you have mismatches and bit rates, that's just a recipe for disaster. So, um, you know, I love doing this in HD. Yeah, it takes a strain on it, a computer, but, you know, me, I always try to give everybody 110%, you know, in anything I do. Am I the best show out there? No, not even close. Um, and I know some of you that tune in, you know, may not tune in live because you have other shows that you prefer to watch before me. I totally respect that. I mean, there is room for everybody to have fun, seriously. That's how I look at it. Um, you know, some people, you know, they'll eventually mature and realize that as well. There's bitter jealousy by some people out there is really ridiculous. Now, a couple of things right off the bat I wanted to bring up tonight. First off, the weigh-in with Jericho and Moxley tonight. It looks like Moxley, uh, you know, legitimately headbutted Jericho. I don't know if it was the bridge of the nose or right around the eye area. He will be fine. Jericho will be good to go for the pay-per-view. Um, but it looks stiff, and you could see immediately Jericho covered his face. And, you know, I don't know if anybody out there has ever got punched in the nose before or around that area. You know, Jericho's a tough son of a bitch. You don't have to worry about him. He'll be good to go. But just for the physical aspect of it, you get punched in the nose, your eyes get watery. And, you know, things aren't all, you know, perfectly, you know, hunky-dory for a minute or two. Kudos for, you know, taking the focus off of him. You had uh, Hager and Dustin brawling into the stands, the concession stands, dipping dots, dipping dots. That should be a street fight. It, you know, some of these feuds are so good, you could literally have two or three street fights on the pay-per-view, and I don't think anybody would care all that much. You think of Darby Allen and Guevara, you think of Dustin and Hager, you could think of Moxley Jericho if you wanted. Um, but, you know, Jericho legitimately got busted open, obviously. And, uh, you know, speaking of Jericho, if anybody that's interested, 
He did an interview with Nyla Rose. Now, I want to say this before I even go any further with that. Major props to everybody out there that commented on my opinions on the what Val Venus said and the whole thing with Nyla Rose being the women's champion AEW. The reason why I give props to every single person who commented, even if you called me an absolute moron, even if you disagreed, agreed, you know, you had the kahunas to step up and actually comment. On a side note, you know, not to try to be a jerk right now, it surprised me of how many people that got upset at her winning the title because, number one, like I said, 98% of the people complaining are men. You know, I if I if if the first thing I did, I looked at all women in wrestling. I looked at their social media accounts. I didn't look at their pictures, but I looked at their social media accounts to see their reaction to Nyla Rose winning. And I didn't see anybody criticizing her. I understand. I'm not stupid. Some may just, you know, walk that line to, you know, so they don't suffer as a result of it or don't get any controversy. But a lot of the women's uh, responses felt genuine. You really don't know what's in somebody's heart. But the thing is, is that, you know, if a lot of women complained, then I could see why men would complain. I was very surprised, especially in 2020. Look, I don't believe in gay marriage because I am, uh, I'm a Christian and scripture tells me that, you know, marriage is a man and a woman. But I 110% respect it. I have a cousin. She married another woman. And the wedding was beautiful. And when I meet, see them and I, you know, meet up with them, nobody looks, oh, there's my, you know, gay cousin. No, it's just regular people. I talked about when I used to go to clubs when I was 15 years old and we went to New York City and snuck in with fake ID. I got to go to the Paradise Garage once and I had never been around homosexuals before. 15 years old in the 80s. And I'm, we're walking around the club and we're having fun and this is an ad and you know, we're, we're all curious. Not curious as far as being with same sex, but just curious of nightlife and what it was like and sneaking in with an ID because back then it was, I think, 16 to party in some places, 19 to drink, and then it went to 21. But I never felt uncomfortable. So, you know, it surprised me of how many people out there were uncomfortable at the situation. It's an entertainment product. When people were saying, and my point with the whole athlete thing is there was on the news, I think this weekend, about some weightlifter who is transgender, who was a man and now uh, is a woman. And a lot of people were complaining because just the, the size, the body, the testosterone, everything else, this person had an unfair advantage with the weightlifting. When my point with wrestling is that this is entertainment. It is predetermined. So whether 250-pound Nia Jax kills Rio or 250-pound woman with balls beats Rio or 250-pound, it's still a 250-pound person. There is no other advantage. You understand, you understand what I'm saying? When you're, t if, if wrestling if, the, if wrestling was determined by speed, by strength, by a test of something, then you could say, okay, there's a little bit of an unfair advantage, all right? But 
you know, I, I, but again, we're not going to get into the whole discussion again, but my point is, is I appreciate everybody who had the balls to speak out and voice how you felt, whether it was outrageous, whether it was dumb, agreeing, disagreeing, respectful, disrespectful, you know, and again, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm right. hundred percent. I'm just expressing how I feel about the situation. I totally respect anybody that disagrees with me. Um, and that's it. But Jericho did an interview with Nyla Rose. And Jericho started to get into with people online. And the one comment that Jericho said that a lot of people focused on today, Jericho told someone, go study the transgender process and get back to me, Junior. So he's getting a little bit of heat online. Um, the funny thing is, is that some people out there, they're more angry with him because he interviewed Donald Trump Jr. than anything else. You know, he interviews all different people. I'm just surprised at the level of outrage. If you want to say the women's division sucks in AEW, fine. If you want to say that, you know, Nyla Rose isn't ready to be champion, she's still green, fine. But the fact that, you know, she gendered to a woman got under the skin of so many people, that surprises me. That really surprises me. But it's all good. It's all good. You know, we agree to disagree in a lot of cases. Now, um, again, I'm flipping back and forth here. And, and tonight, I'm just warning everyone, this is not a bad thing. Don't expect me to do a one-hour TV recap of Dynamite and NXT. I'm going to get into just a couple of tidbits because there's so many other things to get into, including, like I said, the Revolution pay-per-view. Now, for those that ask this, uh, yes, I will be doing a pay-per-view recap of Revolution. Um, right now, I have the approximate start time at 10 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. We don't know exactly what time the pay-per-view is going to end. So if it ends past 10, then we'll start like five minutes after, you know, the, the pay-per-view ends. If it ends, you know, a few minutes before 10, then right on schedule. Also, for those asking about WWE Saudi Arabia event, yes, I will be doing a pay-per-view recap live as well. Uh, right now, my tentative start time is 4 p.m. Eastern, Thursday afternoon. The link is on YouTube. Now, I have no idea what time that event's going to end. So if it ends past four, and it could very well be, then we'll start a little bit after four. But I definitely made arrangements, um, you know, to make sure I'm home in time to watch Saudi Arabia. So we got a show Thursday. We got a show Saturday. I don't know if I'm going to do Don Tony show on Friday because you think about it, did a show Monday, doing a show now Wednesday, going to do one on Thursday and do one on Saturday. So, you know, it, there's not that much stuff to get into. Now, um, so go check out the Jericho interview with Nyla Rose. I, th I thought it was pretty good. I really do. Now, um, something else that was interesting. I don't know if you all saw this earlier in the week, but yeah, let me put it bigger. This was put on Evil Uno's Twitter account. Everybody lives, everybody dies, the exalted one is near, the exalted one arrives. Now, because of that one term, everybody dies, a lot of people thought immediately that Lance Archer could be the exalted one. Now, if he ends up being the exalted one, I'll be very confused, number one, why 
AEW announced this two days before the pay-per-view. And number two, why they mentioned it on Dynamite today. For those that don't know, on their website, they did announce the signing of Lance Archer. They did announce um, it tonight on AEW Dynamite. And believe me, that's a big that's a big grab. If you remember about a month ago, I made a prediction that by June, AEW will have two very big names added to their roster. I'm not going to exaggerate it. Do I think Lance Archer is is considered a big name of what I was talking about? No, I actually think a more household name. So I'm not saying, oh, I was right. No, I'm not saying Lance Archer is on that level. Now, as far as Lance Archer goes, you know, I, a lot of people need to understand a little bit about his back background. You know, he is 42 years old. Uh, he wrestled in TNA. First, he teamed up with Kid Cash. I think they won the NWA tag titles twice. Then he teamed up with Jimmy Rave. They were the Rock and Rave connection. Now, I don't have any notes in front of me, so I'm just saying this verbatim from what I remember, just doing my research. I believe he turns 43 in two days. So if you're a Lance Archer fan, go wish him a happy birthday. I do know his birthday is coming up. Uh, in 2009, he left TNA and signed with the WWE. They changed his name. Now, it's funny when you think back, and I think Vance might have been his father's name. I'm not sure. But his real name is Lance Hoyt. And um, they called him Lance, instead of Lance Archer, they called him Vance Archer. And uh, he was in ECW for a very short period of time. But then you got to understand something. This is 2009. ECW is now transforming into what, became NXT. So he was doing a little bit of work, um, you know, with WWE. He moved to SmackDown. He teamed up, what were they, the Gate Crashers? When he teamed up with the Kurt Hawkins. And they were on TV for a little while. Uh, eventually they split. And a month later, he was gone from WWE. He went to New Japan. I think he wrestled a little bit in Ring of Honor. Uh, PCW might've been another promotion. And Global Force, Global Force. So Lance Archer recently tearing it up in New Japan, part of Suzuki Gun, and, you know, he's won some gold, and he's been pretty good in New Japan. He's held IWGP gold as well. So he has signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Let's see where it goes. The guy is a talent. He is hell. If, you, if your last memory of him was TNA, or that very short time in WWE, you'll be in for a treat because the guy is legit. He is solid. Um, but again, I don't know if it ends up, if he ends up being the exalted one. Now, did anybody catch on to what Evil Uno said today? Um, he's basically teased that it could be Matt Hardy. Now, look, I've talked about Matt Hardy at nauseum on Friday, on Monday, not going to get into it here. Uh, but, you know, the little play on words is just to troll people for fun in most cases. I think the best troll recently was when Randy Orton was in an elevator and it said elite on the side wall. So he hashtagged the revival and teased that he was going to go to AEW and all these goofs on these websites fell for it. They're writing, oh, AEW made an offer to Randy Orton. Oh, Randy Orton decided to go to WWE and, and stay there. Oh, Randy Orton got extra money because of AEW. 
they just were trying to find any way to cover up that they got trolled and got goofed. There was never any chance of Randy Orton going to AEW. Zero, nada, no way. So, you know, they, so they troll. And tonight on AEW TV, um, you know, it looks like we're going to find out who the exalted one is on Saturday for the pay-per-view. And when Evil Uno was basically talking about it, he said the word obsolete. I think he said something about Chris Daniels being obsolete. And right away, you know, let the rumors begin. Um, if Matt Hardy was going to be the exalted one for the Dark Order, I don't think they would have used the term obsolete. Um, but hey, it's going to be interesting. I hope it is not a disappointment I told you, I would even be happy with Michael Nakazawa being, you know, the exalted one. Um, I played that clip when he fought for, for New Japan, that, that uh, joint event not too long ago. Michael Nakazawa, I can't believe that they have not utilized this guy. It blows me away. I, I don't think I would be good as the exalted one. I mean, I think the only thing I have in common with Evil Uno, other than our choice of attire, and by the way, there was actually some podcaster last week, I'm not even going to acknowledge him because he's a goof, trying to say that I'm ripping off the look of other people, and I'm like, hey, douchebag, I've been dressing like this even when I was managing in indie events 14, 15 years ago, so don't give me that shit. First curse tonight, stupid me, I wanted to go the whole show without cursing. Anyway, so let's see who the exalted one. You know what? Brody Lee would be an awesome, awesome pick. And I got a Brody Lee shirt in my closet right now waiting to wear when Brody Lee makes his AEW debut, if he makes his AEW debut. Um, yeah, no, Chris, I know JD from New York gave me a shout. JD, listen, I have said it. And I think, sincerely, he appreciates that, you know, I'm straight out and honest about it. And JD also knows, even if my show kicks ass, gets crazy viewers, I never in a million years ever thought we would have 7,500 subscribers in less than six weeks. Uh, I thought I was going to get 10,000 subscribers in a year, you know. But the thing is, is that JD is confident that none of his fans are leaving him. He ain't gonna, his numbers aren't going to go down simply because Don Tony's around. Yeah, I rhymed. I'm a poet in case you didn't know it. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, for a very long time, I did not like his style. I thought he complained too much. I did. Then, you know, Mish, I give Mish and Shaheen credit because those two guys were basically telling me, look, you know, you got you to gotta look at it like this and this and that. And, you know, at the end of the day, JD just wants great freaking wrestling. He wants to be entertained. And Raw and SmackDown have been very lackluster. And it's been so lackluster for so long that simply because Shayna Baszler says shit, people are having orgasms online. Simply because of the tiniest little things, all of a sudden it's the greatest thing ever. We have lowered the bar on WWE Entertainment so low that when something is halfway decent, you know, people are using words epic and this, this, and that. So I understand why he complains as much as he does. The difference with him also, and I've learned that to realize this, he does not complain to get tweet banged. There are people out there, you see, they'll be off social media all the time, 
And then when a wrestling event comes out, insult, insult, joke, insult, insult, joke, insult, insult, joke, insult, insult, joke. And they're just trying to get 20, 30 people that feel the same way as them, that need that little, you know, hit as well. Oh, I feel important. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a popular guy. And then they crawl right back into the hole. That's not what JD's about. JD legitimately doesn't like a lot of things he says. So I have learned to appreciate him. Now I think, you know, his show's great. And I have a newfound respect for the amount of freaking work that he puts in with video. You know, Cronin is another one. Those guys put so much work into their video stuff. A lot of people have no idea. You don't just take a freaking webcam. Hey, look, everybody, I got an extra webcam. Plug it in, and now all of a sudden, you know, hey, I'm a legendary video guy. It doesn't work that way. You know, it's so many things going on. That's why even, you know, when I do the other shows, it's not easy to be running video, audio, production, recording, notes, you know, shouting out patrons, having things in order, making sure everything is running smoothly. And, you know, then if something just goes wrong slightly, I can't just sit back and say, hey, fix that. There's nobody here to fix it. So I have a newfound respect for a lot of those guys. And um, so anyway, so tonight we had the dark order saying that Daniels will be obsolete. And immediately everybody's thinking Matt Hardy. I don't think AEW would be so obvious with that. I know Ravens sitting in the boondocks. People are thinking, oh, maybe Ravens, the exalted one. is. Uh, I think that might be a little bit too obvious as well. Um, let's see who it ends up being. Let's see who it ends up. I even joked and said, hey, maybe it's Hangman Page. By the way, Hangman Page today. I don't know if you all saw that segment, the sit-down interview with the Young Bucks, Page and Omega. Remember? I actually called that about three weeks ago that they would have a sit down interview and Paige would be drinking and then he would just walk out and he just does not feel the the love that the young bucks in. By the way, if if you forced me to criticize anything tonight about AEW, maybe a little bit of the stuff with the women's four way, I could let that go. Um the referee, I'm used to him flailing with, I just, and now he's trying to be a little animated when he goes to pin, you know, do the three count. He like hops up in the air, like a, like a, like a bold rabbit. He does. Now I'm not going to try to do it here because I will injure myself, but you know, he tries to do that little, but if I had to criticize one thing about tonight, I did not like super bucks at ringside during Pack versus Omega. And for people that don't follow me weekly, that are immediately getting triggered because I said Super Bucks, I don't mean Super Bucks like Super Cena. What I don't like about the Young Bucks, I'm used to the video game stuff. You know, you have to look at their stuff like Game Genie. And I've, I've discussed that in the past. If you don't know what that is, now because I'm on YouTube, eventually I'll do a clip and you'll be able to just reference that. But if you remember the Rock and Roll Express, feels like it's ages ago, right? When they got attacked by Santana and Ortiz, who came to the to their aid, the Young Bucks. Then we had something else with Cody, who comes to his aid, Super Bucks. And, and like, like, why are they at ringside? I understand. And, you know, I pointed this out last week on Breakfast Soup. I'm curious... Why no one out there that interviews AEW staff, 
I, I don't know why nobody has ever asked this question. Maybe somebody did, and I'm not aware of it. And I already think I know the answer. But has anybody ever stopped and realized that Cody, Omega, Young Bucks, some of the others, QT Marshall, that they might be collecting two checks, one for office, one for on-air character, Aubrey Edwards getting paid two checks, one for referee, one for doing behind the scenes. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, when you see, you know, things heavily focused around management on TV, and I'm not complaining because everybody who's on TV is delivering. I'm not criticizing that. But I, don't, I just don't like that. Why are they at ringside? They're not managers. They're his friends. You know, they're his friends. Why are they at ringside? You know, I could see if, you know, I just, I don't know. I just didn't like that at all today. You know, oh, Paige, you know, he's not around and Omega is getting beat up by Pac. And, oh, he got he got that sl slam onto the concrete floor. And are you okay? You know, oh, there's, he's almost counted out of 10. One of the young bucks helps him roll into the ring. Are you okay? And the referee, la I'm just talking storyline here. Why are the young bucks at ringside? You want to celebrate after Kenny Omega wins? Come out. You know, whatever. But during the match, I did not like that at all. So if you want me to complain about anything, that's the only thing I could complain about for the most part. But that opening match, the 30-minute Iron Man match, and I'm not going to lie, I actually thought that that would be the opening match tonight because if you, if you haven't noticed before, AEW in the past have had opening matches go 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I mean, we've talked about that. So this went 30, not that much longer. Only one commercial break, which I thought was phenomenal. But this match just tore it up. Um, and, you know, look, we were halfway through the match and it, it was just crazy spot after spot after spot. Uh, Pack doing the DDT onto the ringside mats. The my favorite two moves: Pack, you know, hitting uh, the Falcon Arrow, putting a Kenny Omega through a table. What about Pack doing the sit down power bomb to Kenny Omega to the padded concrete floor? Now, if anybody out there doesn't know what the sit down power bomb is like, if you've watched wrestling for a long time, think X Pac. When X-Pac used to do that uh, that sit-down powerbomb, he did it to Omega to the outside of the ring. The match was just crazy. Um, I honestly wished that they would have made it no DQ for the simple reason. The simple reason, yeah, I know the 10 count makes it dramatic, but this whole storyline that Pac hated Omega so much and because it was just going to be a wild fight, I think if you would have made it no DQ, you know, the table stuff, I understand, again, I understand. No DQ, I think just a lot of this, but because once again, you know, there are rules. And when the referee is doing this, like he's having some type of, you know, seizure and stuff like that. And, you know, I just, I don't like, I, I just don't understand why that is so difficult to think about. 
but I like that they had the 30-second rest period. Um, and look, I, I get it too that the first fall was Omega winning because Pac got disqualified for using the chair. But Pac used the chair again. Pac used the table. Pac used other things. There was no disqualifications. You know, so I understand uh, rolling in by the count of 10 and using a chair or a DQ, those two could have been easily exchanged for something else to have, you know, a decision. But, you know, Pac hits Omega with the chair, gets disqualified. Um, Omega is up one to nothing. This is about the midway point. And you got the Super Bucks, you know, you okay? You all right? But Pac immediately with the corkscrew moonsault because, you know, you have Omega still selling that he was injured from the chair. So Pac gets that win, that loss right back. Now it's one to one. And it remained one to one. And we end up, you know, where there's a countdown and uh, Pac has Omega in a submission move. And we're getting down to like 30, 20, 10 seconds. And the whole story is, can Omega survive to where count clock goes to zero? And it goes to zero, and then Pac, you know, attacks the referee, nails him. So then Justin Roberts gets on the mic and says that he's just been informed, I don't know from who, maybe the exalted one, um, that the match is going to continue, it's going to be sudden death, and um, there must be a winner, and Aubrey Edwards comes out. And Aubrey Edwards ends up taking, you know, the taking the duties for the final sudden over, overtime. And Kenny Omega gets the win. It was just absolutely a phenomenal match. What a way to open up AEW. Now, you knew that it would be almost impossible for anything to top that tonight. But it just set the tone and it set the vibe that, you know, that this, this was just an awesome opener. And they just tore it up, especially when he realized that, you know, Pac's match on Saturday, for those that don't know, he does have a match, but Pac's match on Saturday, he may not have to work crazy like he did today, but Kenny Omega is going to have uh, to really, you know, pull out the stops with the Young Bucks. He did, That match is going to be awesome. So, you know, he working three days later after what he did tonight, match was awesome. If you missed AEW tonight, go out of your way and watch it. Um, next, we had the Jurassic Express versus Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Taz comes out on commentary again, which I like because Tony Schiavone, and it's funny because if you remember, like three, four months ago, I said, I want Taz hired by AEW doing play-by-play. Let him be the wise-ass. AEW has no wise-ass on commentary. Taz was acting a little bit of wise-ass tonight. I don't know if anybody noticed that. I loved it. And and we also got the, whoa, 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 whoa. I missed that with Taz. When he, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't do it as well, you know, because I'm thinking about it. But Taz goes on commentary because Shivani is going to be doing some interview segments. He interviewed Pac. And it was interesting because when Shivani interviewed Pac right after Pac lost, Shivani was kind of like a jerk. If you go back and you watch it, and, you know, Pac is, you know, running a couple of insults back to Shivani. And then for some reason, we have Orange Cassidy come out. Orange Cassidy takes off his glasses, acting like he's going to be tough. And I'm not criticizing him. I, I think the whole character is hilarious. 
but he gets cheap shotted by Pack. People come out to his aid. Pack goes to the back. We find out later on in the night that at the pay-per-view Saturday, it will be Pack versus Orange Cassidy. So, um, but again, you know, you have Shivani doing some interview segments, which I think he's best suited for. I love Taz on play-by-play. Did a great job tonight. This is something I've been wanting to see for a while. Now, the Jurassic Express with Santana Ortiz and Guevara, it was a decent match. You know, a little bit too much offense from, you know, I like to call him Runt instead of Marco Stunt, Marco Runt, because it's almost like the brother Runt character, you know, but a lot lighter. Um, There was one part during the match that, you know when you see the beginning, right before AEW Dynamite starts, and you hear that sound effect and you see Rio in slow motion diving off the top? When AEW has commercials typing up episodes of Dynamite, they should take that clip of Santana doing like a cannonball into the corner onto Marco's stunt. I mean, the visual and how he nailed him in the head, it was a beautiful visual online. You know, was it a little bit orgasmic for yours truly? No, it's not on the level of Callisto. You know, is it for the, for the people that are newer that don't know, you know, I used to always joke that hearing Callisto in crazy amounts of pain on WWE television was almost like orgasmic to me because I just can't stand the guy. Not personally, but I just don't like the character. Seeing Marco Runt get his ass kicked, I kind of enjoy it a little bit, even though I've seen some of his interviews, comes off as a nice guy. It's nothing personal. But a little bit too much offense today. There was one point where Luchasaurus did like a moonsault to the outside, and it was almost supposed to be where Marco Runt set up Santana Ortiz to get hit by Luchasaurus, and it looked like Marco Runt got the brunt of the... um, of the the shot from Luchasaurus, not intentionally, but basically, you know, it was a decent match. It was fun. Um, not easy to follow Omega and pack, even though we had, you know, a couple of things happen in between, but it was a fun match. It ended with Sammy Guevara, uh, being distracted by Darby Allen. And as a result, jungle Jack Perry. And by the way, I, I also think I love Jim Ross. Keep saying that, you know, Jungle Boy's fine, but I like Jungle Jack Perry even better. But Sammy Guevara gets distracted by Darby Allen. Jungle Jack Perry rolls him up, gets the win. Well, he hits a move, and then he gets the win. And, um, you know, that's it. And then uh, Guevara gets tossed outside the ring onto Santana and Ortiz. And it was a fun match, you know. Again, you know, for people out there that don't like AEW, that like to shit on them, you know, again, some of these matches... I've been saying it almost since week one. Game genie rules. Video game rules. You you play a video game, it's arcade style. That's what a lot of these matches are. If you really want to nitpick and look closely, it gets really frustrating to see, you know, Santana Ortiz do this, and they're waiting to get hit. You know, some of it is a little bit over the top, and that's timing. As people get more experience, that will clear its clear itself. You, you have to be able to bypass that. You have to be able to not harp on it week after week. Um, another another part tonight too. Uh, we had the butcher and the blade taking on best friends. Decent match too. Comedy segment during the match where, if you remember last week, the bunny 
kicked. Oh, and by the way, to everybody who corrected me, you are right. I said that the bunny kicked Orange Cassidy in the pits last week. And a whole bunch of you corrected me and said, um, Don Tony, there's no such thing as pits and oranges. They're seeds. You are 100% right. I used the wrong word last week. Orange Cassidy got hit in the seeds, the orange seeds. I just thought pits sounded better. But, um, you know, so that happened last week. So this week we have a segment again where the bunny is in the ring with Orange Cassidy. And, you know, Orange Cassidy, he's standing there and she's like kind of like teasing him and she takes his glasses off. She puts it on her herself and uh, she goes to kick Orange Cassidy, but Orange Cassidy catches a foot. Now, all of us are thinking, is he going to like flip her around and do like, you know, the shot to the ass and blah, 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 blah. But no, instead, Orange Cassidy grabs her rabbit ears, whatever those things are. She put, he puts them on. Looks funny as hell. You know, just a comedy segment to get, you know, off of the match a little bit. Uh, and then it was, you know, distraction. And next thing you know, best friends get the win. It was a fun match. Again, the opening match set the bar so high today, you had to come down a little bit. I will say this. This is just an observation, just an opinion. I'm not going to harp on it. I don't know if you agree with me. I don't, even though it's just a slight amount of pyro, I don't think the Butcher and the Blade should have any pyro whatsoever. They are heels. And I'm, I was never a big fan of no-nonsense heels having pyro. Again, I don't know if you agree. Um, if you go back and you watch it, it's a very small thing. It's not a big deal. But, you know, for me, I don't think they need any type of explosion or anything. Like that they're heels they should be no nonsense you come out with music you know video thing fine but i don't think the pyro was needed now next we had yuka sakazaki who i have put over on this show in the past there was a four-way it was her shana big swallow and hikaru shida hikaru shida gets the win it was a decent match you know nothing you know really memorable about it I, i'm a fan of rio and i'm a fan of yuka sakazaki um, I know a lot of people out there thinks that she's too small. My answer to that, look up Alexa Bliss's height and weight, and I think you'll shut up pretty quickly. Um, the second thing is, you know, and I brought this up before, for those who live in the United States that have a real hard time looking at the outfits of some Japanese wrestlers, you don't understand Yoshi wrestling. You don't understand Japanese women wrestling. You don't understand the origins of why people dress the way they are. Again, you know, you may dress a lot different than people in Japan. So if you go to Japan dressing like you are, you might think it's all hip and everything, but in Japan, they might think you're a goof. So, you know, people really ripping on, you know, Sakazaka, Sakazaki's outfit or others, you know, you, that just comes off as ignorant, naive, or just looking for a tweet hand job, in my opinion. Now, the match was okay. The only thing I didn't like about the match was at one point there was a test of strength with three women in the ring, and the only person that was not involved in the test of strength is Yuka Sakazaki. As they're doing a test of strength with the three women, she, like, goes into the circle, 
and she starts hitting moves, and they're just standing there waiting to get hit with their move. So I have, and I have no problem with the outfit that she wears. I, because I understand. You know, I, I can't remember who was the one that um, I'm drawing a blank right now that was dressing to pay tribute to uh, to Queen. You know, Freddie Mercury. Uh, you know, she did it on a pay per view, and I see these goofs from websites and podcasts is like really ripping the fact, like, what does she think? She's Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I mean, in Japan, you pay tribute and you know, look, I can mention this now too. WWE signed uh, a new female wrestler to their roster. Uh, her name is uh, Sari S A R E E E or Sari. I don't know how you, how you all pronounce it. She wrestled in Japan, only 23 years old. She's a former champion for the Diana promotion. Um, she's been wrestling since 15 years old. She's only about 5'2", a buck 30. Um, and again, you know, you want to complain about small wrestlers. Hey, she's 5'2", a buck 30. Alexa Bliss is 5'1", 102. So, you know, it's all about perception. It's all about perception. Just because you get aroused at Alexa Bliss and you think a Japanese person looks like a goof and you, you know... Don't, don't even go there with that stuff. But um, I saw some of her matches online, and she's pretty decent. But if you see her signing, you almost feel like, oh, WWE's answer, you know, to their Riho, you know. And I think there's a lot more than that. She wants to represent Yoshi Wrestling in the United States, and it's a, it's a new style. But, um, yeah, Emi Sakura. Thank you. Thank you, ATM, Jim, and everybody else. Uh, Emi Sakura paid the tribute to Freddie Mercury. It's And the reason why I brought up Sari is I was learning a little bit about her and her origins. And um, her name is a combination of her birth name and a band that she's a fan of in Japan called Green with three E's. I checked out their music. They like Japanese pop. And the funny thing about it is the four members of the group, they're young still, but they met in dental school. So I just got a kick out of it because, you know, with Britt Baker. But anyway, so, you know, you when you see her and you see her outfit, you know, it's not that much different. Um, so I think people out there need to understand Japanese culture before you make fun of it, fun of it because it, it ends up making you look like, uh, like, an, like an old goof. You know what I mean? Just like, I don't know, just just a goof. So anyway, and see, that's why I love doing these shows too, because you get to see new styles, new promotions, and I don't have to cover things like stardom and a few others, but I find it very interesting. And um, I mentioned this on Breakfast Soup. You know, there are other options out there. If you take the time and just... Give it a chance. You know, there, there's some promotions out there that, you know, you, the names might not be household names, but you could see a couple of people who might end up being stars. So anyway, getting back to the AEW, because we got to wrap this up soon. We're already going an hour. Uh, we had the sit-down interview that I talked about earlier with uh, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. It was funny because, you know, all of a sudden Hangman Page is like, oh, I wanted to leave the Elite months ago. And... One of the young bucks is like, you can't leave. You can't. What you're in the young bucks. That's all I was waiting for is for life or whatever it is. But they, it was funny because one of them said, "Oh, you were a jobber in Ring of Honor before you joined the Elite." 
But Hangman Page with the drink, you know, almost playing like he's a little got a little bit of a drinking problem. Um, I want to see how many beers he drinks on Saturday. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. Then we had the weigh-in. Moxley, if I remember correctly, was what, 234 pounds? Jericho never got on the scale. I think a lot of people online were really wondering what Jericho weighs because some people think he's out of shape, which, you know, he's just getting older. It is what it is, you know. But the headbutt, you know, connected. Jericho busted open. And uh, Jericho's not 345. Jericho's not as heavy as you think it is. Believe me. Trust me. The funny thing is, is I probably weigh less than Jericho right now. And I'm, I still feel like I'm this fat, obese, you know. And the reason why it, you can't even compare the two is because Jericho has tons of muscle in his body. You know, his body is shifting a little bit because he's getting older. But for people out there to say that he's out of shape and he looks terrible, I think that's just ridiculously stupid. And before you make fun of someone else's physique, you know, make sure that you're comfortable in your own physique, you know. But um, it was great to see Gary Michael Capetta. Uh, you could, you know, look, I've seen him do some guest spots over the years, so it wasn't a surprise as far as how he looked or how he sounded. It was excellent. It was fine. I love Jericho, trash in the crowd. And, you know, it still amazes me that people rip AEW because Jericho's a heel and the fans go with his theme. You know, oh my God, he's a heel. Why are they serenading his music? I go back, if you don't want me to go back that far, uh, when Sandman used to come out to enter the Sandman, Sandman for a while was a heel. And the crowd still would go along with the song. Eventually, Sandman became a babyface. You know, not your clear-cut babyface, but still. Um Fans have sung along with people's music over the years. Um, if the song is catchy, and you got to understand something too. Fans like to mimic each other. You get a chant that's catchy, that's fun. Fans that are at home, that are going to an upcoming event, they're going to do the same thing. So when the fans did that on the Jericho Cruise, they did it on uh, an event before that, and other fans take notice of that when AEW comes to their area and Jericho comes out, you know, they want to do it too. So it's not that, oh my God, you know, that's such a mistake. And it, no, it's the fans, you want fan interaction. The worst thing that you want is fans doing the Orange Cassidy, putting their hands in their pockets and just standing there. Think about the NWA pay-per-view not too long ago and Mish and I were focusing on that one woman who was sitting, if you're looking at your TV screen, she was sitting on the right in the front row, and all night she's like this. You know, I mean, and that was one person. The worst thing that you want, this is not an A&W a shirt, this is an AEW shirt. So, by the way, if you go to my Facebook, you'll see the pose that I did on Sunday for Breakfast Soup wearing this. I, the shirt was washed since Sunday, by the way. I actually was going to wear a different shirt tonight, but I, f I figured I'd wear this instead. So AEW, again, solid from top to bottom. Nothing was really caca. Um, and again, I gave you my ratings predictions earlier. Now, just to finish up a couple of things with AEW, 
if you're not aware of it already, a uh, press release was issued about an upcoming book for the Young Bucks. Yeah, this is actually better. Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. That book is not coming out until September 29th. You could pre-purchase uh, it on Amazon. Um, it's $27.99 right now. I think Kindle is somewhere around like 14 bucks Right now, for wrestler biographies, it is number one on Amazon. The Kindle edition is number five. So, you know, it's the, I'm not going to get into the whole preview about it, you know, but it's a book, you know, just covering the Young Bucks and their career. And it doesn't come out until September 29th, but it is very, very popular already. And if you're a big fan of the Young Bucks, you might want to go check that out. I think it's definitely something that should be interesting. If you live in the Houston area and you want to go see AEW Dynamite in person, Wednesday, April 29th, mark it on your calendar. They will be at the Fertitta Center at the University of Houston. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 12 noon. Tickets are a little more expensive than other venues. I don't know if it's a smaller building, but uh, the cheapest tickets are 30 bucks. I know some events they've been having lately have been 25, unless maybe the building is a little more expensive for them to, uh, you know, to, to rent. Now, I don't know if you checked out AEW's podcast last week. It was hosted by Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone. Pretty good. I saw it. Um, Aubrey Edwards, you know, a little profanity which I have no problem with. Um, I'm starting to to feel her. You know, not in any, you know, I'm just saying like, I'm st- like she's rubbing off on me a little bit. Again, they have taken the focus off of her being this over-the-top character as a referee. And you could see, you know, what I liked about the Moxley interview last week, there was a lot of things we already knew. But you you could tell from the interview that Aubrey Edwards has been a long-time wrestling fan. She knows her shit. And it's not just, let me research and, you know, just act like I know. You could tell that she actually knows. It was a decent interview with Moxley last week. They're interviewing Cody this week. It's already in the books, by the way. And I believe it airs tomorrow. Now, a lot of you uh, were asking, like, when does it air live? I think it's all, you know, they just release it. I, I don't know if there's any set time when they release it, but this is this is not a live podcast. They're all pre-recorded, so just want to make mention of that. And um, that's pretty much it as far as AEW news. Um, now they did have a special tonight on TNT, but you will be able to see that special multiple times before Saturday. As far as the pay-per-view itself, like I said, they added a match this weekend, and um, I guess we should get into predictions, right? Yeah, let's, let's use this one. I think this is a little bit better. So AEW Revolution is Saturday, and I again, I will be doing a live pay-per-view recap after it's over. Uh, matches, Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager. Um, as much as I would like to see Dustin Rhodes get a little revenge on Jake Hager, uh, Jake Hager has done nothing in the ring so far. I think Jake Hager should get the win here. As much as I would love to see Dustin get the win, I think Jake Hager should take this one. Uh, next, we have Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. 
I went a little too far ahead. I, I'm not used to this little pausing thing in that, but we could we could talk about it anyway. Darby Allen's got to get revenge. Got to get the win. Darby Allen is one of the most over wrestlers in AEW. He still needs a lot of seasoning. Um, but right now, they're not having him do too much in the ring, selling the injury that he had because of Guevara. He is definitely going to be a future star. I know a lot of people are catching on to MJF who aren't fans of AEW. I think Darby Allen ha- is on the right path of being one of the biggest, s- smaller stars in AEW. He is already tremendously over. I would like to see Darby Allen get the win this weekend. Nyla Rose defending the women's championship against Chris Statlander. There's, I mean, honestly, I don't think there's any reason you take that title off of Nyla Rose right now. Um, I think she retains without a doubt. Big Swall, we already know, you know, you feel like she's going to be added to this mix soon enough. So to me, you leave it on Nyla Rose. Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I have been talking about this for about, what, ever, ever since Page and Omega won the belts. I said they will face the Young Bucks at Revolution, and there will be dissension, and everything that you know I said leading up to it has happened. Now, the big question is, do the Young Bucks win the tag titles at Revolution? I think it's time. I think the Young Bucks should get the win. I don't know if they should be. They have had so many um, faux pas in their matches so far. Too many times where Paige inadvertently hit Omega and vice versa, but they would still overcome. So I'm a little sick of that happening, but you almost feel like it has to happen now on Saturday. This time, maybe Paige nails Omega. I don't know. But, you know, there's two ways you could go with this. You could have Omega and Paige retain. And, you know, maybe they show some respect to the Young Bucks after the match is over and Paige is a little annoyed at that. And maybe that just starts the beginning and the end of Paige and Omega, but not necessarily the split on the pay-per-view. The other way to go is to have, you know, some faux pas happen and the Young Bucks get the victory. And then after the match is over, you have Hangman Page who basically lays out Kenny Omega. And I brought this up before. Wouldn't it be an interesting swerve if Kenny Omega was the one who would turn? But it just doesn't seem like that's the way to go, in my opinion. So I say the Young Bucks. I'll go with the Young Bucks winning the tag titles. Uh, There's got to be a title change somewhere. So I think that's the way to go. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Um, I just can't see Pac getting a loss here. Uh, Unless he does something to get disqualified, uh, Orange Cassidy is over. I think some people that have no idea what Orange Cassidy could do in the ring, they're going to be a little bit surprised of what they see. This is not going to be a squash, in my opinion. But I think in the end, Pac gets the win. And with that, we have two more matches, MJF versus Cody and Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. Now, as far as MJF and Cody, you know... Cody's got to get revenge. I know you could look at it where MJF squeaks out a win, but Cody should just kick the living shit out of MJF. Now, the only thing that sucks is I don't recall ever seeing this match being like a no DQ. I'm scrolling through the matches now, and I'm looking. I don't remember. See, there's the women's championship. You know, you see the tag titles. 
You see, but I don't see, yeah. See, there's nothing on there saying that it's a no DQ. So it could very well end up being Cody winning because of a disqualification. Maybe Wardlow gets involved. Arn Anderson might get a little animated as well. But I would rather see Cody get the win over here. He's got to... He's got to get some revenge on MJF. The storyline needs to have a turn. Obviously, the storyline's going to continue. Cody has to be able to fight for the championship again. They keep him in the rankings. If he can never fight for the AEW Heavyweight title, it just is stupid to keep him in the rankings, in my opinion. So this feud is going to continue. Um, I think Cody gets the win. MJF wants revenge. Maybe MJF... Uh, gets a stipulation that Cody's ban from a championship match gets lifted if he beats MJF again. I don't. I don't know. We'll 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 see. We'll see. Actually, you know what I would like to see? I'd like to see the roles get reversed. Remember when uh, MJF had all of these demands in order to face Cody? Maybe Cody gets the win here, and MJF wants another shot at Cody. And now Cody turns the tables, and Cody says, "Now you have to make my demands." And maybe one of those demands somehow has to do with the, uh, you know, getting his his status back as far as fighting for the title. So I don't know what you think. You know, not bad. I think it's a good idea. Hopefully people listen. Um, main event, Moxley versus Jericho. I personally do not see any reason right now why you take the belt off of Jericho. I know he's had the title for a while. I know Moxley has crazy momentum. But, you know, you can, I know a lot of people may not like if uh, Jeff Cobb gets involved or someone else, but I actually like the idea of Jericho retaining in this one. Um, I think Moxley will beat the crap out of Jericho. Obviously, they may have to be a little bit more careful now because of what happened tonight. But I think in the end, we have Chris Jericho retaining the AEW Heavyweight Championship and uh, defeating John Moxley. So there you go. Not a bad card. I'm really looking forward to it. From I don't know if it's going to be on the level of NXT TakeOver Portland because that was a freaking solid pay-per-view from top to bottom. I don't even know if I would compare, you know, both events, you know, because, you know, different characters, different styles. You know, NXT is not the same form of entertainment as AEW, you know. So anyway, um... Before we focus on NXT a little bit, Impact Wrestling had their event over the weekend. And, you know, it, it sucks. Joey Ryan, you know, I wanted to see that right to censor type gimmick go for, you know, just forward. Something different, something getting a buzz. Right back to the trunks, sucking a lollipop. Impact Wrestling's ridiculous. I mean, they're, tr they're trying. But, man, talk about a drastic character change, and they don't go with it. Doesn't make sense to me. But the pay-per-view this, this past week, the North retained the tag titles, defeating the Rascals, Kiara Hogan over Ray Lynn, Willie Mack over Jay Bradley, Ace Romero, and Larry D over OVE, Ace Romero, uh, Dago over Jay Christ, Joey Ryan over Johnny, Johnny Swinger, Jordan Grace retains a knockouts title, defeating Havoc, Rhino over Moose, by disqualification, then they had a no DQ match, and Moose got the win. And the main event, no titles on the line, Tessa Blanchard beating Ace Austin. Now, there's a little bit of controversy floating around online right now. They announced that 
Tessa Blanchard will be fighting Taya Valkyrie for the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. I know people were a little annoyed of a woman winning the, the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Now you have two women fighting for that championship. You know, it is what it is. You know, there's so many different options out there. If you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, I think Taya Valkyrie is extremely talented. And um, let's see what, where it goes, in my opinion. I think, you know, I'm not thrilled about it. But that should also show you the level of the men's division in Impact Wrestling right now. I mean, I'm sure you could come up with five names that could be fighting for the heavyweight title right now, but they're getting a lot of attention with Tessa Blanchard as champion. Let's see where it goes. Um, now, Impact Wrestling made an announcement. If you're into, like, streaming services, they have inked a deal with Alpha One Wrestling. Um, they will now be on Impact Wrestling's video-on-demand service. Now, Alpha One Wrestling uh, was founded by Ethan Page. They have been around for, I think, about 10 years, and they have some pretty decent cards. Um, as recent as December 2019, wrestlers like Ethan Page, Ace Austin, even Tommy Dreamer, Jake Crist, you had uh, several Impact Wrestling names on their shows. This gives some extra content. In fact, I think Brody Lee might have been on Alpha One's first ever event. So you're going to see some names, recognizable names, who wrestled for Alpha One at some point. Alpha One is very popular in Canada, and this is just a way to add some additional variety to their streaming service. So you might want to go check that out. And if you're going to be WrestleMania weekend and you're contemplating about going to TNA's reunion show, uh, Shark Boy will be a part of it, which I think is pretty cool. I, I hope Dean is doing good. Very, very funny guy. Any of you out there that know about my history, you know the Deli Man stuff, and I have an infamous cool picture online of me dressed as Deli Man with Shark Boy. And um, used to go out drinking with him. Had some really fun... Uh, <laughs> Escapades. One time I'm not proud of, uh, when I was still doing the wrestling hotline, we did a, a Frank Goodman event. And then we went to the, uh, he was staying at the, I don't remember the name of the Pan American Hotel, I think it was. And they had a lobby and they have like a bar in there. And we go in there and having drinks and we got plastered. Now I only lived at the time about less than 10 minutes from where the Pan American Hotel is, where it used to be the Elks Lodge. And um, we're in my car, and we're parked somewhere, and he's like, eh, let's do the hotline. I call my freaking, if anybody remembers the 303-4444 number, I call it, we do a hotline, and we're doing like this goofy mock interview thing. And it's yours truly in Shark Boy, just sitting in a car parked, because I didn't want to drive drunk, and just laughing and just, the guy is so freaking funny, man. He, uh, good guy, really good guy in wrestling. Missed, you know, interaction. I'll never forget, never forget. And you could see the footage, but even the recorded footage doesn't do justice because XPW, when they came to Philly, when I was working for them, XPW, when they would have their matches on video, it, they, it, they would just 
cut to the next match. Like you would see the winner, it was announced, and then two seconds later, they cut to the next match. I think it was Enter the Sandman. That might have been the event. Um, if it wasn't, it was, oh, I can't remember the name right now. It was, it, no, I don't think it was Enter Sandman. I think it was Fallout. It was the second or third event that XPW had in the Northeast. Sharkboy was making his debut. Now, this is 2002 or early 2003, or the beginning of 2003. And I remember, and you hear it during the night, but again, if they would have aired more time between the matches, the entire crowd, you know, like if you picture some WWE shows when Stephanie's in the ring and the crowd is loud going, CM Punk, see, the entire night, all you heard was Sharkboy chants. That guy just got over an XPW like this. And we're talking 18 years ago. Really, really good guy. If you can have access to those events, and hey, if you look at the timekeeper's table, you'll see yours truly. So anyway, um, let's see what else we want to get into. Oh, you know what? I've been talking about stardom. And, you know, they have some great events as well. If you're into women's wrestling and you want to see a product that you haven't paid attention to before, they have a website, stardom-world.com. And this past weekend, they put up two events from May 2017. And I want to share those events with you. Here is the May 3rd event. These are the matches. And, and I'm sharing this because look at the names. Some of these names... You, you recognize, and this is only three years ago. You have Kyrie Ho Hojo versus Tony Storm. You also have Dr. Wagner Jr., El Hio D. Dr. Wagner Jr., and Io Shirai taking on Black Tiger, Dragon Heat, and Mayo Iwatani. You also have, for May 3rd, Hana Kimura and Chris Wolf versus Hetsa and Hiromi, Hiromi Mimura. And I think there's one more match. Um, let's see. Yeah. We have uh, Io Shirai, HZK uh, versus Kyra Ho Hojo, Hiroma Mamora, Mayo Iwatani, and Jungle Kayona. You have, let's see the next one, Tony Storm and Natsuko Tora versus Jess Jessica Havoc and Tessa Blanchard. I think I passed up a Tessa Blanchard match earlier. Maybe we'll go back tonight. Rebel versus Hanakamura versus Hetsa. And let's see, we got Hir Hiroyo Matsumoto and Hanan versus Kayori Yoniyama and Konami. And yeah, let's go back to May 3rd because there was a Tessa Blanchard match that I might have not been looking up right now. Yeah, there we go. Tessa Blanchard, Havoc, and Rebel, Jessica Havoc, versus Hiroyo Matsumoto, Jungle Kayona, and Natsuko Tora. So you might want to go check them out. I think it's a cool little thing. Speaking of women, I know all of you saw this. The NXT women... You know, black and beautiful. People wanted my thoughts. Black, beautiful, and proud. You know, I, I saw some people like, oh, that's proof. And uh, WWE is not racist. Look at all the beautiful black women that they have. In it. That You don't judge a company being racist or not racist simply because they have people employed or they take a photo. That photo is because it's Black History Month. They're showing pride, and they should be proud. I don't think that was racial at all. I'm, I mean, obviously, there's there's no coincidence. I mean, it's all black in the photo. But 
nothing controversial, nothing negative about it. Proud, pride. You have to respect that. No issue with that whatsoever. I thought it was a beautiful photo. Um, oh, you know, a few people wanted to see. There is the, that, that is Sari, who signed with WWE. That is her. So for all of you out there, very, very talented. And I, I tell you, look, I'm engaged. So, you know, my heart is only with one person. But, you know, even if you're not a fan of AEW women's wrestling, I don't know how you can't just see the happiness in Yuka uh, Sakazaki's face. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think it's... It, it, she is going to be the next smaller Japanese female that is going to get super over in AEW. Hikaru Shida, to me, is number one as far as the Japanese women in AEW, but she's going to get over. You watch. I told everybody that Rio was going to end up connecting with the crowd, and uh, you're going to see her connect as well. So, Anyway, speaking of signings, I don't know if all of you out there have ever seen this woman before. Uh, you know what? I, you know, I'm not doing her justice. I think we got to show her like this. For those out there that don't know who that is, um, you may have seen her outside of pro wrestling. Her name is Emily Anzulis. She was on NBC's show Titan Games that was hosted by The Rock. WWE signed her to a developmental deal only maybe a month ago. She does have experience in MMA. And look, I'm not trying to cause any controversy, but you look at her build, you look at her style, you know she's got an MMA background a little bit, maybe a little bit of the uh, Ronda Rousey type character that they were looking for, maybe someone that they can create as their own. So, you know, she debuted for NXT over the weekend. Figured uh, I'd share with all of you. So, and by the way, if you're not aware of this, a couple of things with NXT. First off, next week, we're going to have two cage matches. Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong in a cage. I don't know if any Don Tony signs will be a factor. Uh, and Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai also in a steel cage. Um, that's what we have to look forward to next week. Earlier in the day, it was announced uh, by William Regal that they're going to start next week some qualifying matches. And the winner of those matches will go into a tournament. And the final match of that tournament will take place at NXT TakeOver Tampa. And there'll be a ladder match involved with that as well. So, look, I don't think there's any question Rhea Ripley will defend NXT TakeOver Tampa and retain. Um, the big question is who will her opponent be? Uh, I know a lot of you out there still think that uh, Bianca Belair should be put into the main event at Mania or well, the the women's title event, the NXT. I don't think that'll be a main event, but you know, I, don't, I think it'll deliver. I, as of right now, I don't think there's any chance at all that Charlotte wins that belt. But um, just remember, and I brought this up on, did I bring up Monday? I think I might have brought up Monday, that if... Bianca Belair gets added to that match. I think that might be, and I know a lot of you ain't going to like this. This is just me thinking outside the box that they may end up putting Bianca Belair in that match so Charlotte doesn't have to be pinned. 
I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'd like to see Bianca Belair win the belt. But for me, it's a little too soon to take the belt off of Rhea Ripley. So uh, NWA Crockett Cup tickets are going on sale Thursday, 10 a.m. That is the pre-sale. And uh, if you're not aware of it already, it's going to take place in Atlanta, Georgia, College Park, Georgia, to be exact, at the Gateway Arena. The event is April 19, 2020. So if you want to go buy tickets, you go on sale tomorrow. There's going to be a press conference at 9 a.m. And then the tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. I did watch NWA Power this week. Uh, fun episode. Um, you know, I don't know where Danny Deals gets his jackets from, but, uh, you know, interesting. That's all I'll say. Um, you could see that Zicky Dice and Ricky Starks are going to be the next, you know, two to fight for, for that title. Um, Molina versus Thunder Rosa for the NWA women's title. I understand there's a bigger picture and there's a bigger story. There was so much hype for that match. And to have Molina just get in the ring, they hit the bell, and Molina's basically saying, you know, like, talking smack to Thunder Rosa, and Thunder Rosa's like, come on, legend, show me what you got. And then Molina just leaves the ring, gets counted out, and there's no match. Thunder Rosa wins by countout. Now, they immediately swerved because we had Allison Kay get near the match. Camille shows up, hits a spear in Allison Kay. You know, you got Marty Bell at ringside. So they're kind of, you know, now incorporating Camille into this. Allison Kay's involved in this a little bit. But I would have liked to have seen Melina and Thunder Rosa go at it, even if it was for five minutes. And then, you know, maybe the minute Thunder Rosa starts getting the upper hand, Melina rolls out. Then she could go up, you know, the the rampway where the fans are, you know, the the, the stands and then, you know, get stopped. I, I just didn't like all of that hype, and we got no match. But, um, you know, Eddie Kingston versus the Pope, I think, will be very entertaining. You know, Nick Aldis and Marty Scroll, I, I don't like that $500,000 stipulation. Nobody in their right mind thinks that if Marty Scroll loses, he's going to write a check for $500,000. I think they should have done something, you know, they could have done something so simple like Marty Scroll has to present the belt to Nick Aldis, wrap it around his waist, do something to embarrass the guy, you know, just belittle him. I mean, stuff like that as wrestling fans, who really gives a shit if Marty Scroll writes on a fake piece of paper that he writes out a check for five hundred dollars? Oh my God, Marty Scroll is half a million dollars broke. Let's set up a GoFundMe page. I think. You got to look at it in the fans' point of view, and you know, look, we don't, we're not, we don't like to bully, and we're not supposed to kick people while they're down. But you know, it does feel good sometimes, and you get one up on someone, and you know, it's just eating them like battery acid. And you just give them a little bit of, you know, just kick a little dirt in their eye. So I think that would have worked a hell of a lot better um, than doing this five hundred thousand dollar deal in my opinion. So, um, Ring of Honor. And you know what? I saw tonight, AEW put a tweet up. I don't know if they've done this in the past. Let me know if they have. And by the way, for anybody that is in the chat right now, and shout out to all of you tuning in live, if anybody has the AEW dark match results, uh, don't put spoilers, but if you could put the matches, I'll mention it to everybody who is watching this later on. 
If you don't have it, no big deal. Everybody's watching this online, so you could do a simple Google search and get it. But I noticed tonight, and let me know if they've done it before. AEW did something, and they said, tweet us your live play-by-play as you're watching Dynamite. Now, to be honest with you, I don't even know what the hell that means. We Think about that. You're tweeting your live play-by-play. First off, you only have, what, 320 characters to type? And if you don't see the person or hear their voice, you know, you're just typing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that came off. And I don't know if they've done that before. It almost felt like, yes, everybody give me a thumbs up because I, I'm, like I said, I'm starting to realize now how important that is. And, you know, if you tune in and you like this, you know, please, you know, it doesn't cost anything. You know, just hit the thumbs up. Gets me a little more exposure. You know, I, it's it's appreciated, believe me. But, um, again, I don't know if AEW's done that before. Telling fans to tweet their live play-by-play. And it made me think, okay, are they trying to kind of go in the same direction as NWA when they did the circle squared? Obviously, they didn't ask for video, but, you know, this is something I thought was a little interesting. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because Ring of Honor now is going to be debuting a show on YouTube soon. It is a show called Wild Card Wednesday. It's a weekly series that'll see wrestlers on Ring of Honor's roster selected at random, and they have to tag with each other in tag team matches. So you can have enemies teaming up with each other, opposing factions teaming up. Matches will be taped at various Ring of Honor shows, which honestly, that sucks because we already know the spoilers for them. Um, And it'll be aired on YouTube and on their Honor Club. So um, some of the matches are going to be uh, recorded from their February 28th and 29th events. So, you know, look, it's it's something interesting. It's not, you know, you could see that they're trying to get into the YouTube game as well and trying to come up with it like, oh, NWA came up with the Circle Squared. Oh, we're going to come up with oddball matches. We're going to, and, you know, think of this also. Oddball matches are like Acme Institutes. For anybody who goes back to me in the hotline days when I used to use that term. Um, you fill up one, two matches on a card, and it's just random people teaming up with each other. That's getting matches without having storylines. Now, this could, this could, because remember, I did a YouTube discussion about two weeks ago saying, should there be more oddball tag teams in wrestling? Ring of Honor just announces Oddball Wednesday, whatever it's called. I'm not saying that they took my idea, but I'm saying that, you know, if you could have oddball teams, you have to have good wrestlers, good characters, and charisma. That is the formula. That's why Booker T and Goldust, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, that's why the dynamic works. I remember talking to my co-host about that and he brought up Dana Brooke and someone else and I'm like Dana Brooke like nothing against her personally but Dana Brooke has got you know as much charisma as I got in my freaking pinky you know you could pair her up with freaking God and it'll still suck could pick maybe if she pairs up with The Rock you know or Batista but you know you gotta have it on both sides so Ring of Honor may end up striking gold 
pairing two people together that you would not expect. And you're pairing two people together and you're using the excuse like, oh, it was random. You see, they might want to test out two people and they can't figure out how to do a storyline to get them together. They might see two people on opposite sides say, you know what? That would be an awesome tag team. How could we put them together without a storyline? Oh, we'll do a lottery. And they randomly, and that might strike gold. So it's not a bad idea. Um, you know, it kind of sucks. We'll know the spoilers. But hey, if you hear good feedback coming out of it, sounds like a great idea. So we will see. Um, and by the way, their March 14th event in Las Vegas, past versus present, Paul London has been announced to appear there as well. So uh, we're almost done for today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about NXT. And by the way, happy birthday, NXT. They have turned 10. Um, every time I hear NXT's birthday, I always think of that announcement that Vince did that ECW was ending and he was going to be debuting something called NXT or when at the time. It ended up being NXT. And at the time, we were so bitter that, ECW is being pulled, even though it was the WWE version of it, but still you could see like a part of history that we were very close to was being removed. WCW was already gone. Now ECW is going to be gone. Um, but NXT tonight, not a bad show. Um, Dominic Dijakovic versus Cameron Grimes. You know, it was an okay match. I'm still not, I don't have a connection with Cameron Grimes. Um, He's got talent. He's got a little bit of a unique look, but for me, I'm just not connecting to him yet. And again, he I, he might have actually been involved in one of these matches before. I know the guy could go, but sometimes, especially when you're facing a Dominic Dijakovic, a Keith Lee, a Finn Balor, if it's somebody lower in the food chain, yes, you want to give that person a rub, but when they go 12, 13, 14 minutes, to me, that's not acceptable. Somebody like a Dominic Dijakovic should be able to knock somebody off at that caliber in four or five minutes. Um, now, he Dominic Dijakovic lost today because Damian Priest came out, whacked him in the kneecaps, which, you know, a little sensitive here because, you know, where I come from, hitting people in the kneecaps or whacking them in the kneecaps is used to be a regular thing in the 70s and 80s especially. But uh, he nails Dijakovic in the knee, and Cameron Grimes, um, you know, gets the upper hand, gets the win. You know, it doesn't hurt Dijakovic in any way because he got injured. He had to be helped to the back. Finn Balor comes out, cuts an awesome promo. He said that he's not a movies guy. He's not an internet guy. He's not a stooge guy. But when the bell rings, Roman Reigns fans, cover your ears. He's the guy. He talks about fighting in Japan, Mexico, you know, just great promo. And um, he talks about who's going to be the next person to try to get the fin rub. Next thing we know, Imperium comes out, Fabian Aikner and Marcel Barthel. They just destroy Finn Balor. I guess Finn Balor now, is he the baby face now since Gargano is the heel, even though they're not interacting with each other? I don't know. But I do know that if it ends up being Walter versus Finn Balor, I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. Uh, next, we had Xia Li. Uh, uh, just 
you know, she she's to me losing a little bit of momentum. Um she's awesome talent, but she has these odd matches sometimes that just they don't give her enough time to showcase her ability. She's you know, like I think of Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, Asuka, Zia Lee, her, to me, her value should be a little bit higher. She faced Mia Yim today. You know, early in the match, Zia Lee is giving her a handshake. Mia Yim doesn't, you know, let go right away. You know, some back and forth, even Mia Yim landing some kicks. But in the end, Zia Lee wins in a, less than three minutes. This brings out um, Reina Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and you almost feel like we're going to see a tag team now of Zia Lee and Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai and, and uh, Regina Gonzalez, whichever name you want to use. And again, it just feels like when you think Zia Lee is about to maybe start going to the next level, they pull it back. Um, Io Shirai, isn't she injured? I think Io Shirai is injured right now. So that's probably the reason, you know, why she's not really being... I think she is injured. But... Um, just because somebody's Japanese mean doesn't mean that they should all be bundled together. But uh, Zaylee, I thought would be a little bit further right now. But um, you know, we'll see where it goes. Wouldn't be surprised if they end up teaming up next week and having that match. Tommaso Ciampa versus Austin Theory was a great match. Tommaso Ciampa, you know, getting the win. Uh, Johnny Gargano towards the end of the match tries to distract Ciampa. Uh, Ciampa gets the win, but then Gargano you know, gets a little uh, revenge, a little more revenge on Tommaso Ciampa. I don't know. Gargano with the angry look on his face, uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sold yet. Like, I think he's going to turn out to be an excellent, excellent heel. Somebody to really get under your skin. Um, and yeah, and Gargano did look a little strange in his dress tonight. But, you know, look, I'm definitely interested in the feud going further. Uh, we'll see if if it ends up being a loser-leaves-town match. I don't think... Um, and it's funny because didn't Gargano recently uh, get pissed off? Well, you know, look, I think anybody in NXT does not like the fact that people call Raw and Smacked on the main roster. I think that they feel that they are maybe on even better level as far as quality of in-ring action and entertainment goes. Um, you know, we may agree with that, but the ratings don't reflect that. Um, but, you know, Ciampa and Austin Theory, Austin Theory's got it. He just needs more time. I know he's losing maybe more matches than some people like. I think he was the, 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 the champion involved. Guy's got great ability. No reason to rush that guy at all. Uh, reminds me a little bit of um, Angel Garza. You know, Angel Garza, for a little while, you know, he got a couple of losses. I didn't think it, it hurt his stock in any way, shape, or form. And Angel Garza is now starting to go to the next level. Uh, Bronson Reed versus Killian Dane. I just, you know, Killian Dane gets the win. Bronson Reed, you know, I, I could... I, I could tolerate him a little bit, but again, two guys that I don't have that much of a connection to. And even the match that followed, the Grizzled Young Veterans over the Forgotten Sons. Again, 
That's why I don't like to say it's NXT versus AEW on Wednesday nights. Because when you see the placement of these matches, like, I honestly, and I'm not saying it to sound like a jerk, I honestly don't know how many people out there would stay glued to NXT if they saw Bronson Reed versus Killian Dane and then the Grizzled Young Veterans versus the Forgotten Sons. Talented wrestlers, but to me, they showcased a little bit too much and it does not keep my attention. Did not keep my attention today. Wasn't bad matches, but again, you know, people need to understand. I know some people who are huge NXT fans that don't like AEW get a little bit pissed that I don't spend more time in NXT. You got to understand. Not a lot, you know, NXT is more methodical. It's more organized. You've heard me talk about that in the past. You have 15-minute matches, and it's great wrestling. You know, what am I going to say? Unbelievable Tope Suicida! You know, it's they're good matches. Everything is solid from top to bottom. Very rare do you ever get a crappy match in NXT. But they're uneventful many times. Um... And the main event tonight, Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. It was a good match. I looked at the time when it first started, and I'm like, wow, this sucks. It's almost 9.55. And yeah, I agree, Brian. NXT at times is too rigid. But again, when you're not concerned about AEW beating you in the ratings, all the wrestlers in NXT, trust me, it's a personal, you know, it's a personal, uh, they take it personal when they lose in the ratings. They, trust me, everybody on NXT does not like the fact that another promotion is beating them in ratings. It's a personal thing. It's just like, you know, when I, look, for me, it's, it's a little bit difficult now. I'm leaving Stitcher and I'm going to be moving to a new network for all my shows, I, I didn't announce where it's going to be yet or anything, but there's things, negotiations going on right now. But the thing is, is that if I'm focused only in one network, you could see all my numbers. And if somebody in with a wrestling show outscores me, yeah, I, I'm like, oh, you know, all right, so what do I have to do to, you know, to overcome that? But when you're spread so thin and I'm here and I'm here and you could watch it here, you could listen here and this, this and that, all of the numbers get diverse. So for NXT, they're not on various channels on a Wednesday night. They're only on one. So all of those wrestlers, it's a pride factor. You know, they, they're busting their ass. And when they see that they beat AEW in the ratings, they take pride in that. Any human being would. It's just common sense. And AEW wrestlers should be proud when their rating goes up when they beat NXT. They should be proud. But when WWE is a billion-dollar company and they have two other brands and, you know, they have what they have, you know, the rating is not as critical as maybe AEW goes. So they just go week after week after week, throwing the Cameron Grimes out there, throwing the Killian Dane out there, throwing the, the grizzled young veterans out there, throwing out a couple other people to try to see if they could stick. And, you know, I see them and I know that they're talented, but for me, it's like some of those guys do not deserve 
to be on my television set week after week after week. And if NXT and WWE feels that they have a, a, a lot of stock in those people and they're still going to do it anyway, don't be surprised if I don't, it's not my priority to watch that or for some fans out there to change the channel. You know, not everybody has two TVs. You look at all the other shows out there. Oh, AEW recap today. Or, oh, NXT recap today. How many shows do both? I'd cover everything. You know, it's not easy. You got to keep your train of thought. But Charlotte versus Bianca Belair was fun while it lasted. You know, early in the match, you have Charlotte basically daring Bianca Belair to cross the line. Um, it was fun. But again, you look at the time and you understand that 10.05, Miz and Mrs. has to go on. You know, the, the match ends abruptly. That happens more than you, you, you realize. And that happened tonight. I don't know where this carries over with Charlotte and NXT. You almost left tonight like, was this match really necessary? I want to see Bianca Belair show up on Raw. I want to see, you know, or you know, or, you know what I mean? I want to see her on the main product. I want to see her show up there and see if that builds. We'll see. But NXT, I'm not complaining tonight. It was a solid show. Just you know, for entertainment value goes, AEW entertained me a little bit more. And I gave you my match predictions early on. So with that, we are pretty much done. Um, little under two hours, which is good because last week, I think I did two hours and 15 minutes. I'm trying to get these 90 minutes. Right now it's 12.07 a.m. I am trying to get these done by 11.45 p.m. Obviously, with uh, AEW's Revolution pay-per-view coming up, I wanted to do predictions and a few other things. And, um, yeah, we are ending 10XT tonight. But time constraints. I mean, any of you out there that go back a little bit, even when Coffee was champion, remember I said the 9.59? And that kind of feels that way. It's almost like, you know, Charlotte with the with the 10.05 for the win. I don't, I don't like that. I just... Yeah, and Rhea Ripley doing the full entrance. It felt, you know what it felt like tonight? And I think you all agree with this. It felt like they realized that they needed five extra minutes and didn't have it. So they just tried to put everything together at the same time. And it didn't flow on TV at all. They wanted to plant that Rhea Ripley seed with tonight to have it carry over. But where does this carry over? Does it carry over on Raw? Does Charlotte come back to NXT next week? I don't know. Um, yeah, a few people. Okay. All right, before we go, what's the 959? All right. When there was no overrun on SmackDown, when Kofi was champion, I came up with his finisher was called the 959. And there were two matches that stuck out to me more than anything else. He had a match with Sami Zayn once. He had a match with Kevin Owens once. And I remember the Sami Zayn, he did, he hit like three or four finishing moves, one after the other. And just was annihilating Kofi. And then I'm looking at the time and it's 9.59 and then out of nowhere, Kofi hits the, was it Trouble in Paradise, whatever it is, he hits that kick, 
hits Sami Zayn on the shoulder, didn't really connect, and he wins. One, two, three. It was just out of nowhere. It was the 959 out of nowhere. And then Kevin Owens, I remember he did the the powerbomb, he did the cannonball, he did the splash, he did this, he did this. And then it was 9.59, Kofi hits one kick, match is over. So, yeah, it was the 9.59 because Kofi would just hit one move. And it wasn't Kofi's fault. It was just they were running out of time. So he hit the 9.59. One move, off the air, boom. Boom, 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 boom. I'm out of here, everyone. Enjoy AEW this weekend. I will be live with your recap, so uh, just pay attention to my social media. And once again, if you're not aware of it, there, oh, that's that's a little too small. There is uh, my, okay, now we have, now we have, oh my God, I was just going to say we had no technical issues today. That's my fault. Let's get this shit out of here. Oh man. Oh, there we go. All right. You want to follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D and that is my Instagram right there. I just set up Instagram three days ago. So, uh, you know, give it time for people to sign up and you know, also too, if you want me to follow you on Instagram, send me a little note on there and say, Hey, you know, could you follow me back? Because something I noticed, uh, over the weekend, I only set up Instagram three days ago. I'll tell you what happened. I've never been on Instagram. Um, and like 150 of you join me almost immediately. And, I, and I'm understanding now what Instagram's about and everything. And um, I said, oh, you know what? It's not like Twitter. You know, I'll follow everybody back. You know, we share our stories, photos, this and that. So I started following people back. Everybody's following me. And then I noticed that quite a few of you did not accept it. Then I realized that some people want to follow me, but really want to keep their stuff private. I totally respect that. So I'd rather you send me a little message, you know, hey man, could you follow me? And I'll be more than happy to. I just don't want to come off as creepy because, you know, I when you got people just following you and especially when you're putting your personal stuff up there, you know, you might, you might feel a little awkward about that. And I don't want to invade on anybody's privacy. So, and I think it's better this way. So if I haven't followed you, that's the reason why. So anyway, now I can leave. So everyone, please keep spreading the word of, you know, all my video work. And, uh, you know, we got a busy weekend coming up. Thursday is uh, Super Showdown. Saturday is AEW. And before you know it, I'll be back Monday as well. So without further ado, let me exit for tonight. Have a great night, everybody. All the best. And I'll catch you all again Thursday with Super Showdown. Take care. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you're hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Sarah
Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. 